Welcome back to When You Think Taylor Swift. I'm Hannah. And I'm Madeline. And today we hope you think of Woodvale, and we also hope you think of Taylor Swift features. Um, We've got a lot in store for you today. We're going to do some recapping of the insane and absolutely crazy making events of the last week in the Taylorverse. And we are also having a theme episode today all about songs that Taylor Swift has featured in. So yes. Yeah. Um, uh, we're really doing a, doing a lot today. Um, let's talk about April 30th. And you know what I think we should do, Madeline? I think we should read a selection of our texts from Thursday um, into Friday. Okay. So as you all heard on last week's episode, we really thought that something was going to happen as the week went on. But I just (laughs) have to say what is marked and very interesting is that when we talked about it on the podcast last week, we were both like, so what are people saying is going to happen on April 30th? And then we got progressive. (laughs) We were like, I don't really think anything's going to happen. But as we continued to hype each other up and develop a theory mid mid (laughs) uh, just debrief of what the people are saying, the the excitement continued to be ratcheted up. Dear listeners, far more after the episode of the podcast was completed. And I think like we went into the podcast being like, people think something's going to happen April 30th. And we rolled into Friday, April 30th being absolute truthers. Like we burnt total clown makeup. Like (laughs) Like, we came up with the theory to begin with. I was so, (laughs) I made a TikTok. It had 30,000 views. Anyways, all this is to say that, we gassed each other up. Yes. And we paid the price. Yeah, I, 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 you're right. Last week when we recorded, I was like, I don't know. Nothing could happen. This is what the internet says. And then by Thursday, these were our texts. Where is Miss Taylor? I don't know. Now I'm like, maybe she will post at 4.30. OMG, I'm so sad if literally nothing happens. Maybe something will happen. Actually, tomorrow, not today. I just need something. <laughs> just one crumb. Um, and then we're talking about how um, there's some TikTok theories about it being connected to a uh, pagan holiday. Beltane. And then Beltane. Yes. We realized that it was Diana Agron's birthday on Friday. Yes. Um, I have to say, I realized that organically. On Thursday night, yeah. I was Googling Diana's Ag- Diana Agron's birthday just to see. And I was bowled over when it said April 30th. And then this is what happens when midnight arrives. God, the witching hour approaches. I'm going to puke. What is happening? Ugh. Continuing to refresh Instagram. I want to murder her. I'm actually mad at her. I'll slit her throat. What is this? This is bullshit. What is she doing? I'm so mad. Where are people talking about this? I'm so, so mad. Slit her throat. I feel rage. Unadulterated rage. What is this? Literally, what is happening? A joke? A sick joke? I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm in a big fight with Taylor. Are you in a huge um, fight with Taylor? Yeah. Like, I actually, seriously, the rage that I feel towards her, like, I have so much beef with her right now, which was tempered a little bit by the one thing we only actually got from her, and by one thing I'm not referring to, the best day music video that Taylor Nation Taylor <laughs> tried Nation to convince us me. she released um, on April 30th, but it really is exactly the same as the lyric video that was already there. Just no lyrics. So a very weird move from Taylor Nation. But what I'm referring to is the only other communication we got from Miss Taylor, which was a 
Instagram story saying drop everything now and stream this extraordinary album, Spectacular. Yeah. What did she say? Spectacular, I think. Spectacular album from none other than Girl in Red, the girl in red. So you listen to Girl in Red? Taylor does. Taylor does. Yeah, I... You know, at first I was really angry when she posted that because I was like, I don't give a shit. I literally don't care. But then I'm still <laughs> mad at her. I'm still <laughs> mad at her. <laughs> I got on a new TikTok truther. I had to give up on Woodville, so I had to find something else to obsess about that was like, this is the closest we're ever going to get to Taylor Swift coming out. Which Right? Which like, okay, okay, okay. Maybe is is true for right now. I mean, everybody, okay, I shouldn't say everybody, but it is well known on the internet that if you say, like, people on TikTok, it's on Urban Dictionary, whatever, mm-hmm. Google it. Also, hilariously, Taylor Swift is now the cover photo for Do You Listen to Girl in Red on Urban That's Dictionary. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Do You Listen to Girl in Red is a coded way to ask and very mildly coded at that. Yes. Are you queer? And Taylor Swift has extremely emphatically <laughs> declared that she listens to Girl in Red. And, and she, think, she's like, on the internet. She she's knows what that means. super on the internet. She's on the internet enough to hear that we wanted her to make a cover of um, uh, Better Man, which has like, been pretty niche on the internet. Like mm-hmm. I really want her to make a cover of, of Better Man when she re-records Red. But she was like just like in an interview saying that she's been seeing that people want her to to re-record Better Man. And it's like, that's niche. So she, mm-hmm. if she's seeing that, she's sure as hell knows what listening to Girl in Red means. Also, it's mm-hmm. like, obviously, like, a Girl in Red herself is queer and, like, people can stand queer artists. We love that. We'd love to see that. But this is a meme. Like, this, yeah, is, this is a meme. A meme. This is, like, undeniable what this means. And she put enough, um, like, Easter eggs in the post to... I don't know. To have that post mean different things to different audiences. Yeah. So, like, some people refer to them as the Hetlers, but whatever. Like, (laughs) (laughs) just, like, there's different Reddit communities and stuff. And, like, apparently they were, like, freaking out over the Speak Now font. So there's lots to be said about, like, that this post from Taylor about Girl in Red has lots of Speak Now Easter eggs, too. Because, like, she did purpley, scripty font she paused it at 13 seconds, which isn't necessarily like a speak now thing, but people are doing all this digging into that. I am though kind of of the mind of like, why am I supposed to believe anything Taylor Swift ever does again in terms of like numbers, like at 13 yeah, and saying drop everything now, like speak now. Obviously she's going for speak now Easter eggs, but I'm just like, nothing means anything to her. She's been using, yeah. she's been dropping so many hints about this third album. Also, I just have to say, I'm still positive that there is a third album. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to necessarily get it. I think that probably we will. But I'm not completely giving up. Obviously, I would have loved a third album. And I would have loved new music because I that would have been so fun. But like, even if it wasn't new music or whatever, like she really now is just fucking gaslighting us. Mm-hmm. Like, n- like she has never done before. And that's the thing, too, is like now... Everybody's like, oh, we were just like looking for signs when there weren't any. But she was leaving us full loaves of bread. Those were not breadcrumbs. We were getting like 
entire baguettes dropped along the way for us. <laughs> entire baguettes. Entire baguettes. And so for her to now just be like, mm-hmm, it's unhinged. Well, the thing about it is that, like, in some ways, I was really trying to, like, empathize with her originally before I became mm-hmm. irrationally upset. Not irrationally, rationally, but incredibly upset. But that... I think she's kind of in a mess of her own making, right? Like, she's made everything mean something. Like, Mm -hmm. every number she ever posts, every emoji. Like, she literally cannot use emojis. She cannot caption a Mm -hmm. photo. She cannot use a number without it meaning something because of the way that she has literally trained us that everything has a secret meaning. But now I do feel like she literally can't say anything (laughs) because... (laughs) Like, how can she ever just send out a chill, a chill, like, right. tweet or something, you know? there. Which, that's the thing. It's like, Taylor Swift isn't chill. There really aren't chill tweets in her no. brain. But it, it just is a thing of, like, I seriously, truly don't think that woman can ever use an emoji again unless it means something. Yeah. And no numbers. She cannot put a single... And even then, like... We got a meaning out of well, 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 because we were like, well, there are three wells. But it is. But it is. It's so weird. Why would you say, well, I don't know. Just all, just the three, what really got me was the tweet from Aaron Dessner when he said, happy birthday cardigan with three prayer emojis. Like, which Taylor had just used those three prayer hands emojis. Yes. And like, Aaron Dessner is a dad. He does not know how to tweet. He does not know how to use emojis. He was told to use three emojis. Mm -hmm. And he better watch his back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. From me. (laughs) (laughs) From people in the Taylorverse. Because I remember when he posted that being like, if you're not 100% you want to post that little rump man, you better be... Sure, because there are people in this community <laughs> who will <laughs> come kill you. For you. Yeah, <laughs> like that. You. Oh my god! I wonder what his replies look like right now. Yeah, he, I hope he's scared. Anyway, I don't really, <laughs> but I just think that there was far too much sketchy stuff. I still think that. Okay, what do you think of that clip from? Um, long pond sessions that's been circulating where she's like my favorite thing about this album is that it's a trilogy Mm -hmm. oh wait no i mean the trinity between yeah james august yeah i mean what really gets me about that is that then jack it cuts to jack like really laughing a lot at taylor saying that like covering his face and laughing um when she says trilogy on accident but I don't know. I mean, at the same time, though, what we what we actually know, or at least what she has told us, is that, like, Evermore wasn't supposed to happen. It was that after Long Pond, like, at Long Pond, they all, like, started writing more together. And so maybe, I don't know if she could have known right. at that point that it was going to be a trilogy. But or what even if gonna nothing she a, tells a us sequel. is real? I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing. Is that, like, I, I also fully believe that because, like, I do think that, like, 
what Taylor has told us about this era is that she is just like writing and recording and making music, not for mm-hmm. a like stadium tour or for like a new era or whatever, but just because she wants to. But also she loves the long game and she loves like weird, as we know, like crazy mind bending house on the rock maze labyrinth shit. So I would not put it past her to have started doing this and then come up with this idea for a trilogy and then be like, yeah, we just started recording after also like maybe Jack and Aaron don't even know that that maybe she told them to, maybe she was like, yeah, guys, I don't know. Maybe we should just like keep recording. But in her crazy, enormous brain, the whole time she's been like, Evermore is going to happen and Woodville is going to happen. So where the fuck is it? Well, also, okay. So I just want to put out there for the record that I don't think either you or I think it's going to be called Woodvale, do we? Oh, no, no. I mean, I, I don't really I, have strong is, feelings. Not. Yeah, I hope I hope it's not called Woodvale. We've been referring to this mysterious third album in yes. the trilogy as Woodvale because of... Because of... The, yeah. Yeah, because it was... We talked about this last week, but because it was on some of the CDs hidden in the trees. Yeah. And she said that that was like the code name for Evermore, right? Folklore, Folklore. maybe. But anyways, that people... Yeah. That's the name that's already out there in the universe, but there's been lots of talk on TikTok about how a lot of people think that the third album will be water-themed, which Mm -hmm. goes with the blues and all the the merch packages that we've been talking about um, and the blue vibes she's been giving us. Uh, But people, things I've seen, Lakeshore, Ashore, um, what else? Oh god, there was a weird one I saw recently. Um Ashore was terrible. Ashore is bad. Lakeshore is bad too. I mean Yeah. Neither is none it. of them are good. But I I do think that the water theme is correct. Yeah. But I don't think that anyone knows the name. No. I mean But I mean again, are we just giant clowns? Are we just clowning ourselves right now? Like like seriously, it is insane that it, we are still talking about this. I know. Swift has gone on national television, said there is no third album. We had this big lead up to the day, the holy day. If there was any day, it was going to be this day. And literally not a peep except for a story posting saying that she is fucking obsessed with Girl in Red, I guess. Gay. <laughs> saying that she is gay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't I don't. I have no idea. And it makes me angry because then I'm like, she is setting the stage for us to clown ourselves so magnificently, really giving us all the tools to believe that this thing exists, even though she did go on national TV and say it doesn't. Um, what did, have you listened to the Girl in Red album? Uh, like very briefly. I listened to it while I was doing, while I was working on, on Friday. Did you? I did. I listened to the whole thing it? because I was like... Also, just for context, Taylor never posts supporting, like, not that she doesn't support other artists. She totally does, and she loves their work, but she never posts on Instagram or anything like that about anybody. She will, like, allude to them in, like, interviews or, like, remember that one... Like Kelsey Ballerini. She had all the, yeah, God. I think like even really Kelsey Ballerini. (laughs) I know, who is Kelsey Ballerini? But like core people that she was like on tour with and like... 2000 sometimes like Selena Gomez like her actual but yeah but, but even, even then that. not really it's really just like in interviews when people right. ask her about who she's or sometimes she releases playlists that are like what I've been listening to recently totally. but I do have to say on those playlists it's often very gay the Japanese house is on there a lot um 
I mean, she loves Haley Kiyoko. Like, there's a lot of gay stuff happening there. But anyways, yes, she never posted about this. Um, did you like the album, though? Well, it's just interesting because I was like, what? It just makes me so interested. Like, I'm always interested in Taylor's music taste. And I also was just like, if this is an extraordinary album, yeah. I want to listen to it. And it's really interesting because, like, I I don't listen to that much Girl in Red. But yeah. I um the vibes are insanely angry sapphic vibes which it's like it's just so hilarious to me that Taylor like of course she yeah. loves angry sapphic music like that makes perfect she sense. loves like, killing Eve she loves killing Eve this this album is so angry and I feel mm. like there's so many there are like fingerprints of Taylor's influence definitely in a lot of the songs but I would say it's like an angrier gayer Avril Lavigne album love and just hilarious love. to me that that is like what Taylor is super hype about yeah. and it just feels to me like a lot of things that like Taylor feels like she can't say but mm-hmm. like would want to say like there's a song called did you come that's like really intense there's a song called like horny stupid sad or something like that i'm not mm-hmm. saying it right but basically it's about like being like on tour and like wanting to call someone up for a booty call and being like i only use you when i'm sad basically but just like so interesting that this is what taylor it that song in particular is like about being a celebrity and like a star and on tour and being sad and lonely and stuff like that. But angry at literally every single song is angry Hmm. and just so interesting to me that Taylor really vibes with that. I mean, that tracks to me completely from debut, but I was kind of listening into it and with an ear of like, what does Taylor relate to this so much that she wishes she could say in her music, but can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I need to listen to it. You definitely. I don't really. Yeah, I don't really love Girl in Red, but I I need to listen to it for the sake of um, research. Yes. And I'm intrigued by the song because I really wanted to know what the song that Taylor posted the screenshot of, like the context of that in the other songs. And I don't think I quite have a unified theory on that yet, but I will tell you that it's like the mildest probably of the songs Mm. that she could post from. So my feeling was like, I don't think she could post a screenshot of a song called, did you come? Yeah. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I do think it's, people are saying like all this stuff of like, is this a message to Diana Agron on her birthday? And I do think there's some level of the angry sapphic vibes being a little bit directed towards, I don't know, Diana, Carly, There's definitely, definitely Carly vibes through the whole thing because there's a lot about like, I had this sapphic lover who betrayed me. And that's like, okay, Taylor, we get it. I just will say one more thing, which is that, again, this is me in like my full clown makeup, but (laughs) people are saying that it doesn't make any sense that it would happen on April 30th now and that really when it's going to happen is midsummer and like the whole thing, like midsummer okay like which is Florence. june something yeah it's in is june. that the equinox i think it is the equinox okay. i could be wrong about all this but people are like we're not wrong about it we're just wrong about the date 
blah, blah, blah. But also I'm like, what the F is Taylor doing? Like, is she re-recording 1989? Is she re-recording Speak Now? I also saw this thing that was like, we're going to get Speak Now 1989 and Red all in one drop. The all-knower on Twitter was like, this is the last, like, pause before Taylor begins like the mini the next mini cycle of like her re-released album but there's like something else coming for Swifties I that that account hot stresses me out well okay did you see their tweet I didn't see that one that you just talked about but I saw the one like before April 30th yeah when they were like and they were like Swifties are looking no no but I think they had easter eggs in their tweet because they said like something is coming for Swifties but they're looking in the wrong direction which then it's like okay so I didn't feel like the third album was out of question from what they said Mm -hmm. but also the biggest hint is like One Direction which we do know that the Harry Styles whatever things yeah. it's like it really the harry styles taylor 1989 collab does seem like it's actively on Please. the horizon which like to utter I'll those die. words in 2021 feels so <laughs> good um but i think that their tweet itself i think we will a thousand percent look back on that exact tweet for easter eggs because they also I think all of the stuff they were tweeting in the past like week or so about taylor was like 10 10 word tweets for ts10 so, like, that means it is happening. When and where and how and why? I do kind been? of like this, though. Like, okay, I think it is absolutely evil. I was so mad at Taylor. The girl in red thing tempered my anger just a tiny bit once I, like, let it simmer. But I'm so mad at Taylor. But there is an element of being, like, I kind of like the fact that she's, like, beating us at her own game you know in the like what she's doing is literally cruel but also there is something to like i do kind of want to be surprised you know what i'm saying yeah there's something to like her us having figured out like all of her weird shit and her being like you think you have but like no and i'm sure that like whenever whatever is going to happen happens God, whenever her master plan comes to fruition, we will be able to, you know, look back. I mean, remember like when she put Lover hidden in the me music video um, and she was like, it's in the music video. And we all were like, rainbows. It's going to be <laughs> no, kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. Like, it's yes. kaleidoscope. And then like right there in the actual font of the album is Lover. And we were like. Yeah, right, right, right. So, like, I think that could happen at some point. That I think is literally just, like, insane that people did not get that. I know, it's, like, huge. People. <laughs> not like I was involved. Well, I, I couldn't stomach watching that music video more than, like, twice, maybe. Yeah. So it wasn't going to be it wasn't gonna be me who, who hacked it. I do think that there's an element of, um, like, people, like, we are at this point getting... I don't think that the the impetus is ungratefulness, but there is a level of like Taylor has given us three albums in one year after mm-hmm. like the dearth that was the Reputation era, like mm-hmm. post the drop of Reputation. We've just been getting so much content from her. And like this year to drop a surprise album, like with 12 hours notice and then to do it again, like just the bounty that we've gotten. And I do think that some of the magic is lost if we're like, 
we can time it and we can plan the third. It's yeah. like, I do kind of want her in some ways to school me and be like, there's no third album. And then surprise on like July 14th, a Wednesday or something. You know, I don't know if that's a yeah. Wednesday. Nobody quote me on that. <laughs> but like that some random day, she's just like, at 2 p.m., like, totally off yeah. the album cycle. She's just like, here is something for you. I think it is more magical that way, but, oh, it's so painful. Yeah, because I agree. I mean, like, both times with Folklore and Evermore, like, it was just that I woke up and I looked at Instagram and I was half asleep and there it was. And I felt like I had just, like, had a heart attack upon waking, which was extremely fun. And this, I was just living in the heart attack phase for like 48 hours straight waiting for something to happen. But now I can't, like the thing that's so dark is like, I can no longer sleep. Like April 29th, I didn't get a wink of shut eye. (laughs) Because I was like, literally my dreams were like haunting me. They were like, she's gonna pull a fast one on you. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. gonna be at midnight. It's gonna be like at two because meet me in the pouring rain, 2 a.m., everything. Like, yeah. it could be any singular minute, and I wanted to be there for it. I didn't want to wake up and, like, have all these texts or something. So I just, I was, like, my eyes were closed, but I was not asleep because I was haunted. This is the thing that I'm, like, she trains us to try to find these clues and find things out. But I'm also, like, it's a torturous existence. Like maybe I should yes. just take what I can get and not try to analyze this. But we also run a Taylor Swift podcast. <laughs> I don't know so, what's going to happen anytime soon. Should we talk about features? Yes. Yeah, so we're going to do a breakdown of songs that Taylor Swift has featured in from other artists. Yes. So um, we will have a playlist that we will share with all of you mm-hmm. um, of these I'll songs. I'll link it in the uh, description. Amazing. But just for a rundown of the songs we're going to discuss today, they are Gasoline by Haim, mm-hmm. Babe by Sugarland, mm-hmm. Two is Better Than One by Boys Like Girls, Highway Don't Care with Tim McGraw and Keith Urban, question mm-hmm. mark. <laughs> Half of My Heart with John Mayer, and Both of Us by B.O.B. And I don't want to live forever. Oh, by Zane. sorry, I forgot. Yes. Um. Yeah. So these are all songs by other people that Taylor is a featured artist on. Um. We're saving songs that she has featured other people on slash duets because there are even more of those. So yeah, we're gonna do a little track by track, and then we will be ranking them at the end. And yes, I will drop them. Um, a playlist in the episode description so you guys can enjoy these yourself because honestly they're kind of deep cuts i was just saying when we were coming on here to madeline that i don't know that i have listened to some of these in like a long time and some of them i will never heard looking at you i don't want to live forever in like an old navy <laughs> oh, that's so weird real we're gonna talk about that yeah um, I totally agree. When I came on this, I was just talking with Hannah about like how much fun I had listening to these mm-hmm. because they aren't ones that are necessarily always in my Taylor rotation and they are deep cuts like of youth. And like, I remember listening yes. to them. We'll talk about it, but on my iPod and stuff like that. Totally. But I think it's a fun time. And if you're a real Taylor fan and are looking for something mm-hmm. that feels a little bit new in this waiting game period between re-records and potential TS10. It was a fun time it was fun. and I'm going to yeah. continue listening to them. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start? What song should we start with? 
Let's start with Babe. The babe, pig. Babe, babe. That's so cute. <laughs> babe too. Babe goes to the big city. Pig in the big city, excuse me. Um, yeah, Babe. So this song is by Sugarland. Um, as a fun fact, I was reading about some of these songs. Taylor originally wrote this song for Red with the lead singer of Train. Um, Whoa. That's Patrick, so interesting. Like Moynihan or something, I think is his name. I might have just made that up. Um, but... It was written for Red, and then they never actually recorded it, and it, it like didn't make it onto the album. And then he was like, "Oh, it'll make it onto the deluxe," and it didn't make it onto the deluxe. And then Taylor called Sugarland. It was like, "You guys want this?" Um, what happened to the train guy? He just fell off it. Yeah, he's he's credited as a co-writer, but um, interesting. He's he's not on it anywhere. Um, but yeah. So what what do you think about Babe? Well, that's interesting because. It really feels akin to Better Man, which we also know yes. was written around the time of Red. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're definitely different songs. And I think they just sound similar because they've both been given to country artists and whatever. But I I think that they're both really good songs. I think it's hard because I don't necessarily want to listen to Sugarland or A Little Big Town. No mm-hmm. offense to either of them, but it's just not what I want to listen to. I think hearing Taylor sing them, I mean, I really like Better Man. I really mm-hmm. like her cover of Better Man at um, the Bluebird Lounge. Yeah. You should absolutely watch that on YouTube if you haven't already. But I feel kind of similarly about Babe. Like, I think a recording from Taylor, I would really like this song. I would definitely like it more than Stay, 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 which made right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Um, also, now I can't stop hearing babe and thinking about a, the pig. A, um, a, <laughs> a, a, a. That's the thing that I don't really love about this song. Yeah, I was going to say the, the same thing. The, the production is weird. A, like a, the babe, a, a, a. babe, babe, babe. Um, but I kind of yeah. like it also. It's like kind of bad, but in a way that is fun. I don't like it as much as Better Man, definitely. Um, generally speaking, I didn't love it. I I think the just like the production and the is like a little bit off putting to me, but I do, I would like to hear just Taylor singing this song in, in a like a bluebird lounge variety of way. Um, what I do have to say is, did you watch the music video? Yes. Where Taylor has the, she's like the femme fatale. Yes. So there is a music video of this song where Taylor plays like the other woman, um, Mm -hmm. who is the subject of like why the main couple is breaking up. And it's a very nice music video. I think the music video is what made me like the song a lot more. It's like very well produced. It's very glam. There's cool costumes and stuff. It's a little bit weird vibes. Like Taylor's essentially supposed to be like Joan from Mad Men. It's implied like she has red hair. I think they gave her bigger boobs. It's a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) But Taylor's like the other woman. But what's really cool, because the whole song Jennifer Nettles of Sugarland is singing, like, why did you do this to us, babe? Like, I thought we were going to get through this, babe, but you cheated on us, basically, and it's all coming Mm -hmm. apart. But what's really cool is that, and Taylor's singing, like, backing, repeating what Jennifer Nettles, the main character, is saying. But what's really cool that they flip in the music video is that they actually make it be from the other woman's perspective. Like when Taylor's singing, she is also addressing that man. She's not just backing up Jennifer Nettles in the song. She's saying like, how could you do this to us, babe? Referring to her relationship with that other man and being like, 
why aren't you leaving your wife essentially? Yeah. Um, there's this part where Taylor, she says like, I'm here on the kitchen floor. And when I listened to the song for the first time again, I thought it was just reinforcing the main character's point, but it's actually flipping the script. So you have that like broken perspective from the mistress as well. And I kind of see it in the music video as a, like these two are going to team up on the cheating bastard kind of way. Which I really like that, and I did not I like get that, that yeah. from listening to the song originally by itself. Yeah, I have to go back and watch it. Um, yeah, I remember watching watch it when it. it came out, but I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it in um, re re listening in prep for the pod. I um, was turned back on to it because I think I watched it when it first came out, and I didn't really like it. I didn't really get it. But then what's turned me on to this song is Rob Sheffield actually really quite likes it. And I was like, why do you like this dumb song? And then he talked a lot about the music video and I revisited it. And I was like, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, actually. So that's Babe. Okay, Babe. Should we talk about Gasoline? Yes, let's talk Gasoline by Haim. Oh, Um, well, okay. I am obsessed with this song on Women in Music Part 3. And then when we got, similarly, there were a lot of rumblings about this song featuring Taylor coming out on Twitter and on TikTok. Um, and so getting Taylor featured on this song of every Heim song was just impeccable to me. Um, I love it. I love this song. I love what Taylor does to it. I love hearing Taylor, Allison Swift say, you needed ass. Well, what's wrong with that? Um, there's just something yes. so good. Um, and I think also there's some stuff vocally in this song. Cause this came out, um, in like January or February, I think it was like early in the year post evermore, but pre fearless re-records. And I hear like pieces of her voice in the fearless re-record on this song, like the little squeak when she says like, you did me bad, you know, it reminds mm-hmm. me of the Romeo hiccup situation yes, totally. um, which I like a lot um and yeah I mean I love Haim I love this song we actually remember Haim opened for Taylor when we went to the 1989 tour in yes, and we hung out with Haim yeah we did god we had floor tickets and I don't we we multiple times have been like selected for pit passes slash like yeah. what the equivalent would have been like tea party or whatever you want to yeah. call it. And both times it happened, Taylor was like leaving right after the show. Mm-hmm. So there was no tea party, but we've had some pretty awesome experiences, mm-hmm. just awesome experiences at Taylor concert. So we like hung out in the sound booth or whatever yes, with, with Haim. Haim. It was it was Esty, and we met Esty's mm-hmm. boyfriend. Do you remember that? They were like, yes. this, this is my oh, boyfriend. Yeah. Like, so it's like, who is that man? But we hung out with them. I think it was Esty and Alana. I think it was Esty and Alana. I'm almost yeah. So Danielle yeah. was not there. Yeah. Or she was at the show, right. but she wasn't in the sound booth when we hung out. But that was like, we have a picture. We have a selfie with us. With yes, them we do. Oh, my God. Suits. Yes. I remember distinctly Esty being like, this is my boyfriend. And then me being like, I forget that you're like 30 plus. (laughs) (laughs) Because she's kind of old. You're a full adult. Yeah. They're so beautiful and were really nice and really Super nice. They were really fun. Really nice. (laughs) Yeah. It felt just like hanging. And that is a lot to say when we were teen girls in Chewbacca suits. I don't. How old were we? We were kind of old. 18, 19, because yeah. that was like the summer after first year of college. Yeah. Yeah. 
Soldier Field in Chicago. We were so, I remember it was so hot. I thought I was going to die in that oh Chewbacca suit. I was getting, I was getting heat stroke. I was having yeah, like the had, like, cold vibes. washes and yeah. tingles when like <laughs> you truly like all night, all night. Yes. I was like, I couldn't even really focus on the music. And I was so focused on getting us backstage yes. or whatever. I was like, I just have to <laughs> not pass out track, so I yeah. can make it. But um, that was Did our it, first wait. Did Sean Mendez also open on that tour? No, other one. Who was it? Other one. It was maybe maybe no, but I think Sean Mendez was earlier. We skipped whoever. Well, we skipped Sean Mendez when he did happen. I do but remember that was at Excel Energy like Center. Yeah, I'm pretty positive. Oh, maybe it was um, blonde boy Cody Simpson or no? Yeah, Cody. Cody who's oh, the blonde God. country boy? No, wait, supporting acts, it was it was James Bayheim, Vance Joy, and Sean Mendez. I think it was Vance Joy. I think it was Vance Joy for us. I think it was Vance Joy. But we saw Sean Mendez for With, for Red. For Red. Yeah. But yeah, so um we met Heim and ignored Sean Mendez. <laughs> Which I do kind of regret upon retrospect. We were yeah. like, we don't care about Sean Mendez. We were like, who's Sean Mendez? Whatever. But um I I kind of would have liked to have had that. Just I love Sean Mendez now as a meme, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, my thoughts on Gasoline are that Gasoline is the best song on the Heim album, which is mm-hmm. an insanely fantastic album. Definitely their best showing ever. One of the best albums in recent memory. I feel like I've wanted that for Heim for so long, and they really mm-hmm. hit it out of the park with this album. And this song especially is just so effing good it hits so right the only thing in my book that can make and i think on top of that that i think that taylor's version is an improvement on the original gasoline which is saying something because it was a fantastic Mm -hmm. song to begin with and if i may just add my two cents i think the only thing that could possibly make this song better is to add cheryl crow to the mix Oh, I think from the second I heard this song, it is like a sexy 2020 version of a 2002 Sheryl Crow song. And I would kill to see Sheryl and Taylor and Haim collaborate. I just love her. And I think that would be so great. That's like real galaxy brain thinking there. I would love that. Thank you. Thank you. I just feel like what's the line in Soak Up the Sun when she's talking about driving in her car and then thinking about the line in Gasoline where they're like, you kick off your boots in the passenger seat. I'm just like, yeah, it all fuses. And I just also like the the bridge of like watching the sun rise on the kitchen counter. Like that little plucky guitar is very um, Cheryl Crow. And Cheryl would rock the guitar like with the Heim sisters. Oh, yeah. She would do the hair thing with Nary, all of them. Wow, They've all wow, got hair things. Wow. Like Taylor's yeah. original curl flips and the they're just oh so yeah. good. So, so, so good. My last note about um gasoline is that this the Taylor version is three minutes and thirteen seconds long. They'd like change the length of it for her, which tracks. Um Okay, just one thing I have to say. Um, it seems to me like from our perspective, from like social media and stuff, that like if Taylor has real friends at this point who are celebrities, like 
maybe the Heim sisters are it. Like, they've spent a lot of time together. They went on, like, the whole 1989 tour. They imply that, like, they still talk and stuff, and they've posted, like, friendy-type pictures of them. But I don't know. I've never got the feeling like they're true friends, which is kind of sad to say. I don't know. I saw this TikTok recently that was, like, I lo- like the girl was like, I love Taylor Swift. I'm absolutely obsessed with her. She's a genius. But she's also like the weird one in the friend group. Like the one yeah. who doesn't really always get the social cues. And like, you like her, but like, she just doesn't get it sometimes. And that's the way I kind of feel about like her and Heim. Like, I think they have like a really nice acquaintanceship and like they're friendly, but I don't get the feeling like they're like ride or die. Yeah. Share all their deepest secrets. I think they're, like, friends. Like, I I think they're, like, real. I think they're friends, but I totally agree. I think that, like, the difference there, too, is, like, Haim, all three of them are, like, pretty regular people. Like, they they aren't, like, in the same stratosphere of being a famous artist as Taylor Swift is, which is fine. But I think that definitely, like, has stunted... Taylor's social growth in certain ways. And so I can, I can imagine them. Yeah. Cause like, it seems like they are real friends and I think that they are, cause she's like way more private now about friendships and like about who she hangs out with and stuff. And I think that like that tracks for Haim all being like regular people, but I think that that TikTok and you are correct that like Taylor's probably kind of weird. Which like the actual friends with, you know, they say that thing about like you stop growing at the age that you become famous. So like if you became famous at like 13, basically, that's like what they say about all these child stars or whatever Mm -hmm. that have issues that basically you stop maturing or just like petulant. You've been watching the Alison Stoner. um, I did watch that. I did watch that. But she wasn't talking about that. (laughs) But um. That basically, like, plateaus your growth to, like, become a huge superstar at a really young age. And I think based on all the stuff we know about Taylor, like, she was already having a lot of, like, problems in school, like, relating to, Mm -hmm. like, people her age and just, like, her relationships with girls and friends and stuff like that. Like, and like we talked about last week on our Enneagram episode, like, the fact that a lot of that might be in her head, but because Mm -hmm. it's in her head, like, it's made manifest in reality and yeah, I just, I do think she's kind of a weirdo, which is what makes her really lovable, but like truly a weirdo in kind of an awkward way, which like, we love you, Taylor. It's all good. Yeah. You are the voice of a generation. You are a genius and you kind of are a weird girl, which just makes you more interesting to me, but it's true. Yeah. Like that, that video, I do have to say the video of them at the Grammys, like Haim and their lavender, amazing mm-hmm. Prada ensembles, like greeting Taylor um, yeah. And she'd won her Grammy was like really that sweet really, and really, really cute, cute. Yeah. And felt real. And I'm, I'm happy that Taylor has friends, even if it's not like deep cut. Yeah. And I think those, those friends exist somewhere. Probably she has those friends, but I don't think it's time. Um, I don't want to live forever. <laughs> you really sounded like you had a death wish. I don't with this song. I yeah. Oh, talk my to God. me about this song. This song was 
released um and the soundtrack for the sequel to 50 shades of gray i think not the, the se- original one the really sequel. are you sure i think so i yeah i think it was part of um 50 shades darker, darker. um <laughs> i thought it was for the main one look. i thought it was like the song for the main 50 shades of gray but i know it's wrong. from 50 shades darker in fact oh. that's really embarrassing that it was for the sequel to that movie oh um what I will say, though, is that this song came out in January of 2017 and Reputation is fall of 2017. Um, so this is like definitely a taste of what's to come on Reputation. That was like my first mm-hmm. thought when I forced myself to listen to this song um, is that it, it feels like proto like dress in some ways or like like this is like a like a sexy song. Um, it was also produced <laughs> by... Jack, um, and oh, interesting, yeah. And I get that it's supposed to feel sexy, but like it feels neutered to me. This is like not neutered, it does, it feels neutered. It feels like I, I really have a bone to pick with this song. Um, I don't even know why. It just, it feels like it's like this is an old Navy song, like this is not, there's nothing particularly interesting about this song. The lyrics, I'm not that interested in, the music, I'm not that interested in. I don't think their voices sound that good together. Also, this is like right after Zayn left One Direction and everyone was like, fuck Zayn. And then she was like, I'll make a song with you. Um, Do you think I'm pretty sure that they never met? I think that they I don't think that they did. Yeah, they did record it separately. That I do know. Um, Yeah, I just this song is. Okay, well, I have some thoughts because. I was very much something that must be known about me is I just loathe the Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> franchise. I like hate it so much. I hate that Twilight. In some ways, I love, but in most ways, I hate that Twilight is like the only inspiration for new content for our generation. Mm-hmm. I hate Fifty Shades of Grey. I hate Dakota Johnson. I do not get the which I know is maybe a controversial statement yeah. to some people listening to this podcast. I do not understand the Dakota Johnson hype. I don't like her. I like her green kitchen, but other people were doing green kitchens long before her. I like her curtain veins bangs, but have you ever met Jane Birkin? Okay. I rest my case, (laughs) but I just, I just saw this song as such a direct, like, business move and like trying to chart and like having a Taylor Swift song that's like on the main top 40 charts which like is so stupid because all of her songs are but Mm -hmm. I just think something that sounded more like what was already on the radio and top 40 that she wanted to to hit which I think we'll talk about with a few more of these tracks later on I think that's kind of her strategy sometimes with the features it's like which makes sense right but how can we take like the Taylor thing and make it into like a top 40 what people are listening to, which is more of this, I don't know, like R&B light vibe kind of that yeah. this song has. And then then she goes into more in reputation. Um, but I think I think I had a lot of bad connotations with this song because I really hate Fifty Shades of Grey. And like yes. you said, it was just this is an incredibly successful song in a lot of ways. Just that it was like pumped through. It was on the radio the all the time. Yeah. So like in some ways, maybe she like succeeded at doing what she tried to do. But I think that there's something 
having it in all the old navies of the world that just mm-hmm. it just lost any soul that this song ever had. It just yeah. felt like listening to nothing because well, it was this is so what talked commonplace. About too with like her licensing her music and stuff and like what it means for like songs that heretofore have felt specific to like you listening to Taylor Swift, like that dictates the context of a song, not like you heard this Taylor Swift song in a movie or like in a commercial or whatever it is. Like this feels like the total opposite end of the spectrum of like, now the only thing I think about with this song is like, just uh, like a nameless faceless mall. Right. Like not, I think of nothing. I think of there's, it's just like dead behind the eyes. But I do have to say, listening back to it for this podcast, I feel like I've gone like maybe the longest in my life since this song was released without listening to it and like consciously choosing to listen to it um, on Spotify to talk about it today. I was like, let me give this song a chance. Like, what could I pull out of it? And I do think that there are some parts that I like. Like, I think, I mean, Zane has an amazing voice. It's cool to hear her sing mm-hmm. with someone with, like, all this falsetto happening. I do think the line, I've been looking sad in all the nicest places, is yeah. a good line. Yeah. I just think it's funny, and it's so Taylor. And something something that's really interesting about all of these features is that I think I think Taylor co-wrote every single song that we're talking mm-hmm. about of these features. So that just goes to show you, like... She really, really wants to have a hand in anything she puts her name on. And she's not just lending her. It's less about lending her voice to other artists yeah. than it is about like lending her song songwriting vision to other styles and other voices. Really, her artistry. Right, exactly. Because even with Gasoline, which is the one that she didn't write with them, like she then did a lot of. Like that song, those are two different songs. It's not just like mm-hmm. Taylor has like a verse now. Um, she added some yeah. things like the strike a match, strike a match, watch a yeah. blow. I agree. I think I think also that her voice and Zane's in this song sound better than her. I mean, IMO sound better than her on like the Coney Island with the National. Like mm-hmm, I, I think that that collab is. Bleh. Um, they just never melded. Like exactly. I do think and that think, they actually meld more on this. I totally agree. Yeah, their voices like sound better together than she often does with the men she duets with. Um, two is better than one by Boys Like Girls. This is iPod Nano on yes. the bus. I literally was- wrote Hannah. I wrote so hit so iPod touch good right now. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I need to go update my Facebook status to one of these lyrics. That was my, my first thought on re-listening to this song. Um, this is f- full middle school core. Yes. I don't even, I just, I really liked boys like girls and I went on their Spotify to be like, what other songs did I even have from boys like girls? I think that when I was listening to this song i didn't even have an ipod touch i had a zune oh my so god that tells zune me. era yeah this was my purple ipod nano this yeah. is not ipod touch era i had a pink zune and i had like zero songs but this was one of them mm-hmm. so that that i think it just again probably imprinted on me because of that because yeah. it was one of like <laughs> literally probably 45 songs that i had so I like this song. It brings me back to a place in time. And 
I I went to look at Boys Like Girls Spotify profile and what is hilarious is that this is the number one song on yeah. there. They have more popular songs, but like this is the only one that people are still listening to, which that is tracks. really interesting. Do they have any other songs that like like I remember also liking them, but now I cannot think of a single song by Boys Like Girls. Okay, wait, just a second, but that's what I went to do this. So Love Drunk, but I listened to Oh it my god. Like, well, I couldn't, I didn't, I listened to it very tertiarily, but I couldn't really get into it. The Great Escape, Thunder. I remember that one. familiar to me. I remember The Great Escape for sure. I remember being in sixth grade and listening to that song. Hero Heroine, I think was one that I liked maybe. I don't know that one. Heels Overhead. Nope. A lot of wordplay here. I don't know. That's what I've got. What I do have to say is that like, I think this is kind of a fun moment that Taylor is a little bit of an emo kid. Like yeah. she likes emo she likes your Green Day. She really likes Green Day. Yeah. Boys Like Girls is like emo light, which I think we all love some. We all dabble in a little emo in the early 2000s. Also, this song was like a little bit scandalous. There's that line that's like um, something about like, I remember the way you taste, I think. And I remember hearing that on my iPod Nano and being like, Oh, Taylor, this is, <laughs> um, which I thought was funny listening back to it. Cause then, you know, especially listening to, I don't want to live forever. And then listening to two is better than one and being like, Ooh, this one scandalous. That one neutered. And Taylor um, posting about an album with a song called, did you come that talks about yeah. God. very intense detail, <laughs> the full circle here. Um, my other fun fact about this song, I, I have a lot of fun facts about, um, music videos for this episode but um this music video features I forgot Eric there Huffman, was a music video who is a contestant from survivor china and then the female love interest is played by somebody who is on the amazing race so reality tv fun fact for everybody today i don't think i've ever seen the music video for this song but now i, I only i watched a little bit of it but i was just excited i was like somebody from survivor china and somebody from the amazing race really wild that's a great fact, Hannah. Yeah. Thank Save you. that one for Taylor Swift trivia. Yeah, I will. God, take me to Taylor Swift trivia. Take me, take to, me to Australia. Take me or New to Zealand. New Zealand where Lord is DJing. That's my church. God yeah. is camp and God and is a woman. Lord is my there. pastor. <laughs> okay. Highway Don't Care by Tim McGraw. And okay. also Keith Urban. Okay. Yeah. Where is Keith? Literally. He's playing the guitar. He's okay. playing the guitar. He doesn't sing. It's like a. Uh, I was just like, my man Keith, you got the Where shortest <laughs> end of the stick. You drew the shortest straw. Our nice woman, like uh, Keith. I love him. Gentlewoman. Uh, <laughs> like literally, I remember when I listened to this for the first time, and I was like, Keith, knock yeah, knock. Keith? But you okay, there? my first. Um, my first instinct listening to this song was that this is such a Route 66 song. Like, yeah. what is the deal with Route 66? Who is their PR team? They're a road. <laughs> Route 66 is a road. There's like a brand of jeans called Route 66. There's like the movie, every the song picture, ever. Movie cars. It's <laughs> all about Route cars. 66. It's all about the big auto industry. And yeah. this song to me has sponsored by Big Auto all over it. This is like a Ford commercial. Yes. And then I was thinking about like the car commercial, country music, cross pollination, the pipeline between country yeah. music and the auto industry, which is obviously obvious. 
But this just really put it into context for me. Also, I was thinking like cars are so American and car culture and the fact that we're like obsessed with cars and our songs. We talk mm-hmm. about them all the time. And I was thinking about like, I wonder if other artists in other countries talk about cars this fucking much. Like it feels like we yeah. literally have an entire genre in America dedicated to cars, which is country. So yes. I just was thinking a lot about cars and music when I was listening to this. But then I was thinking about like, we have a car mention in gasoline. That's also mm-hmm. all about cars and a totally different genre. So it's just so interesting to me how cars matter so much to our musical identity. Yeah, seriously. Car culture. I honestly kind of like the song. I I, um, <laughs> I listened to it and I was I know I it's it really is catchy. It's, it's stuck in my head. I will I listen to it on my own of my own volition for fun. No, but it's a good country song. It's weird. I also have another um, music video fun fact for you. This music video is cuckoo. I was on the Wikipedia page for this song, and um, here is what I've learned. This music video was made in partnership with the Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee. This is a hospital spawn con music video. Hospital car spawn con. It's about texting and driving. Oh my gosh. Yes, a woman is texting and driving. She drops her phone and then drifts into the wrong lane and collides with traffic. And then this is direct from Wikipedia. She is then airlifted by a Vanderbilt Life Flight Helicopter to oh Vanderbilt University Medical Center, where she is treated in the adult emergency department. And then she survives, and her parents are happy that she's alive. But yeah, so. So the highway don't only, care that you're texting. Yeah, the highway don't care that you just got hit by a car. <laughs> the highway won't hold you tonight, but your phone will. That's crazy. I completely. I think maybe I saw that when it first came out, but wow, I, so too, I but forgot. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not a good song, but it's a it's an okay country song. I can see this doing very well in country radio. It and did it's all play on country yeah, radio. Yeah, it did. It was like mm-hmm. a real song. Um I I said I wrote in my notes, I've never listened to this on a road trip, but I I would. I kind of want to. I feel like it would be best listened to in the car. Yeah. Or like cross country, whatever. If yeah. I ever get to Route 66. Route 66. I'll listen to this song. Um, I do have like when uh, Tim says, I bet you're bending God's ear talking about me. Mm-hmm. I wrote, God is not camp to Tim. <laughs> um, and Taylor sings that line kind of with him. But it's like, yeah. for one of you, this is camp and that person's not Tim. No, Tim. Mm-mm. I do God just want to say camp. this song is a really cool moment. This is our full circle moment of like the Taylor Swift song, Tim McGraw, that started it all. Yes, um, and exactly. now she's yeah. featuring on a song with Tim McGraw and they toured together for a long time. And it's it's just cool. It is a cool full circle moment uh, for that. But I do not love this song personally. Yeah. Half of My Heart by John Mayer. Okay, this is. Uh, this is a legitimate song in its own right in a way that like I really listened to this song not just because Taylor was in it I yeah. I liked this song in its time I liked this song a lot yeah I also yeah unfortunately I I do kind of like this song even though this started the horrible era of John Mayer fucking with Taylor Swift um but it did give us dear John in the end a couple of things I thought were interesting listening to this song is the line, half of my heart is a shotgun wedding to a bride with a paper ring. I wrote the same thing. Yeah. Paper which ring. Which is a real, yeah, precursor. And then also I learned, I was Googling this song because I was trying to figure out like how 
if this was actually the start of the John Mayer, Taylor Swift era, and it was. And what happened was that John Mayer tweeted, waking up to this song idea that won't leave my head three days straight now. That means it's good enough to finish. It's called Half of My Heart, and I want to sing it with at Taylor Swift. She would make a killer Stevie Nicks in contrast to my Tom Petty of a song. Whoa. Ew. Ew. So gross. He's such a dick. But yeah. Such a dick. But what honestly struck me about listening to this song with like adult ears Mm -hmm. and actually listening to the lyrics is that it's incredibly self-aware in its shittiness. Like truly what he's saying is the literal truth. Like what he's saying is like half of my heart wants to be with you. Half of my heart has a right mind to tell you that I can't keep loving you with half of my heart. Like you deserve better. Yeah, like half you deserve of my heart more than do. me. Yeah, half of my heart won't do that. It's literally what he's saying the whole time, which is pretty, pretty self-aware. Yeah. And then he says, like, I can only fall short for so long until you hate me. Like basically, I'm gonna be a shitty person. I'm gonna be a terrible boyfriend or whatever to you. Yeah. I mean, this song is it, yeah, it's it's very self-aware and it's very like He's like fully, which is like the most like shitty trash boyfriend, right. like behavior ever to be like, I'm not a good guy. Like you don't want to be with me. I'm not a good guy. And you're good. Like that's so, right. you know, that's like peak, like dirtbag boyfriend. And the whole thing of like, I'm putting it in a song. So you hear that, like I'm shitty and I can't really commit or like whatever it might be, but I can't stop loving you. So I'm not going to be the one to call it quits no. like you you have to make that call i, I think- am preemptively taking accountability for how i'm gonna fuck you over right but it is but like i will not dark then. like cold side of the pillow kind of way of like coming to terms with what he is and who he yeah who he is it is a pretty good assertion because everything yeah. he's saying is correct it's just a yeah. lot more sinister maybe than it's plainness in this song makes it out to be but i think it was really interesting and in what cut truly was he said half of my heart right wants a shotgun wedding to a bride with a paper ring also that made me think of obviously the song paper rings but also his song that he wrote about her paper, paper doll, doll. Mm-hmm. but then the rest of that line says the other half of my heart is the part of a man who's never truly loved anything and yeah that's like, oh yeah what a scalding take on himself like that is what made me be like okay some self-awareness here and also really made me think of in I knew you were trouble Mm -hmm. when Taylor says you never loved me or her or or anyone or or anything or anything. (laughs) And, but also Um, in all too well, when she says you lost the one thing, the one real thing you'd ever known. And I just, it's interesting. It's in the, it's in the ecosystem. Also like this, you know, dear John is such a response to this song too. In some ways, if like you're an expert at sorry and keeping lines blurry, Mm -hmm. um, which is all he's, I mean, this entire song is like a half-assed apology and like a will they, won't they, they will, and then she'll have to dump you. Right. I just yeah. think the thing with this song, the thing that makes it so shitty is that it's just taking, he's having the self-awareness to realize that he's essentially a douchebag, mm-hmm. but it's taking none of the agency of doing anything about it. Yeah. And I think that becomes the crux. And she was 19. And he was 32 again. Which... We can talk about this later, but I don't think that they ever really dated. I think there was some kind of weird manipulative flirtation thing, but I don't think that Taylor Swift and John Mayer were truly like an item. I don't think that they were the yeah, ever like, like exclusively Buzzfeed. together. No. Yeah. I think he was fucking with her. Yeah. He was flirting with her. They had He was some... just like stringing her along. Exactly. They were like dating. I think that they probably were like 
they had something happening there, but I don't think it was a official relationship TM. Yeah. I'm not even positive if they were dating. I just kind of think probably he was sending her texts and yeah. being the manipulative douchebag he is when writing this song and working together and afterwards being like, we should hang out or like we should collab on this song. And yeah, she had a crush on him and he, I would recommend um listener. If you haven't already looking at John Mayer's TikTok, where oh, every so single late. comment is just, um, don't you think 19 is too young? A- everything is just like a just full drag of him from Taylor Swift stands, which is enjoyable. But What's yeah, he's way he's just darker grimy. and way worse. Is that like pre TikTok t- or John Mayer? I don't know if he still has it, but has like mm-hmm. an Instagram live talk show. It mm-hmm. is absolutely the weirdest, most pathetic thing I've ever watched. So he's just like so fucking grimy. Also, like worth noting, um, the did you read Jessica Simpson's autobiography? No, but it makes me think of the Ashley Simpson song autobiography. Autobiography. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually didn't read it either, but I listened to um the You're Wrong About episodes about it. Um but anyways, she writes a ton in that book about how awful John Mayer was to her and just like what a terrible boyfriend he was. I didn't and even how, remember like, they dated. Yeah, they were together for like kind of a long time in like the peak of, of Jessica Simpson. Um, but yeah, so I mean, all all signs confirm that John Mayer is um, sleazy and awful to women. So yeah, Taylor and he definitely. confirms it himself in this song. Yeah. That being said, I do kind of like the song. <laughs> I like the song too. I think it's a good song. Yeah. Our final song of the day, Both of Us by B.O.B. Where is he now? I that was me too. Also, um, he says he calls, I think, himself Bobby Ray in the song. I'm like, is that B.O.B.'s name? Bobby Ray? Is that someone I in have his no life? idea. Who is B.O.B.? What's his story? Where is he? Does he ever go by Bob? (laughs) (laughs) His name is Bobby Ray Simmons Jr. Yeah, okay. Uh, Known professionally as B.O.B. is an American rapper, singer, songwriter, record producer, and conspiracy theorist from Decatur, Georgia. Okay, what's his conspiracy theory? Oh, he's a flat earther. Oh, he has some bad ones. Okay, he believes the earth is flat. The 1969 moon landing was faked. 9-11 was an inside job. The world will be taken over by the Illuminati, and celebrity cloning is administered by the U.S. government. Whoa. Wait, did you say he was born in Decatur? Yeah. I was also born in Decatur, so me and Bob. Maybe you and me. It's B.O.B. Or if you're real friends, you can call him Bobby Ray. Bobby Ray did make me think of Billy Ray Cyrus when he says that in the song. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, my favorite part of this song, which I just have to say, I like this song. It's silly and weird. And what really takes me over the edge that really made I listen to this song all the time when it was on my iPod. Oh, yeah. But my favorite line in this, he says, if it's all for one and one for all, then maybe one day we all can ball. And that just always <laughs> makes me think of high school musical. Oh, it's yeah, all for one. Really- it's one for all. And one day we all can ball. And that hits me right in my This was um ghost written by Coach Troy Bolton. Bolton. <laughs> heart so i think i actually think her voice sounds really i like the chorus of this song i think she sounds good it's a silly song and it holds a special place in my heart and i loved listening to it and i will listen to it again after this podcast yeah 
I will say um, this was in the same era as Airplanes featuring Haley Williams. And actually, that song also is um, B.O.B. I thought that maybe Mm -hmm. it was a different person, but I did not put that together. That one was much more successful in my memory. I remember hearing Airplanes in the Night Sky, Mm -hmm. like shooting stars on the bus all the time. Yeah, I don't I don't love this song, I gotta say, <laughs> but um it is it is fun. The music video is weird. Um there's a lot going on in the music video. And it's crazy how many of these songs got music videos. I know. Well this was really like the era of music videos. Did you not think that we were gonna get a gasoline music video with Taylor? I thought we would, yeah. Because there was that those Instagram posts of them in yes. like the short black dresses next to the gasoline pumps. And yeah. I was like convinced that Taylor was like right out of frame. And yeah. we were going to get that music video. Could still be coming, but kind of a bummer that there yeah. isn't one. Because I really thought there would be. I thought there was going to be for sure. I do think that both of us is right. Taylor's attempt at like, she did co-write this song actually with mm-hmm. him. But oh, still her attempt at being like, let me try like, doing the classic feature thing, which is, like, the girl sings the chorus. Yes, just, like, the little hook. Yeah. Right. And I think, I don't know, it, it kind of works for me in some ways, but I think as an experiment, she was kind of like, I don't really want to do this. I'm not that into it. And she kind of strays from that um, further on. But I do think that's, like, a pretty classic, like, top 40 vibe. Yeah, I agree. All right. So what is your worst to best of Taylor Swift's features songs. Okay. My least favorite, I think it's both of us. Oh, cuts deep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. My worst is Highway Don't Care. Fair. On slot number six. Six. Yeah, there are seven total. Slot number six, I have I Don't Want to Live Forever. I Same. also have Don't Want to Live Forever. Yeah. Um, Number five, I've got... Babe. 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 Abe. Same. Abe. Um, number four, I have Highway Don't Care. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> number four, I have two is better than one. Uh, number three, I have two is better than one. Number three, I have both of us. <laughs> <laughs> number two, I have half of my heart. I also have half of my heart. And we both have the top slot correctly with gasoline. Yes. Fantastic. Well, I knew we would agree on those two. Yeah, me too. I know. I felt kind of bad putting a John Mayer song at the top of my list, but it's a good song. It's a good song. So this has been um, songs featuring Taylor Swift. If um, you guys have any thoughts, let us know. We now have a Twitter for the pod um, and it is called at I hope you think of. I feel kind of ridiculous saying this, but if you feel so inclined to leave us a review on Apple podcast, it would be super actually helpful because it just helps when people Google Taylor Swift that this podcast exists. If anybody else wants to listen to it, there's currently a really dumb podcast in the number one Taylor Swift spot. And I want people to know that they have other options if you feel so inclined. Yeah. And if you have thoughts on the April 30th debacle, let us know. If you have thoughts on any of these features, let us know. As we discussed, I will drop a playlist link for everybody to enjoy. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Who knows what will happen? Maybe we'll have a new conspiracy theory that we will have convinced ourselves. We definitely will have a new one. We definitely will have a new one. I'm already cooking up a girl in red one. So stay tuned. (laughs) I won't, I won't give too many spoilers, but we'll leave it there.
Thanks for tuning in. And everybody should now go listen to both of us by B.O.B. Hell yeah. Yeah.